didn't. So you think that was good, That's do you? Loud. A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan, and I'm joined by Sam and Colin. That was too loud. And I always intend to quieten it down after I've compressed and finishing the episode. But all <laughs> I do, really, is put the intro music over it a little bit, and it tricks your brain into thinking everything is the right level of volume. Boys! No, it doesn't. It tricks your brain. <laughs> well, I'm deaf by then. My by brain's the fine. <laughs> well, to quote you before we started, it was, I don't know how big I want to go today. And for some reason, I was like, oh, maybe he'll do a quiet one. As if the previous... 86 of these haven't taught me anything. <laughs> I did a kind of quiet one for Freaky Friday, but I leant so far into the mic that it still came out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice change, but made everyone just a little bit uncomfortable. Which is my... Um, that's my, my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm so tired, boys. I haven't told you this yet. Let's, let's bust this out. How are you, boys? Well, I'm good, and Sam's 13. 30 going on 13 this week. You look so young. I'm sorry. You look so young. <laughs> look, as I was saying, I'm considering this a reference to the last episode where I talked about how you shave one half of your face a bit, and then you kind of go, oh, I went a bit too, I went a bit too light there, so I've got to do the other side. Then, oh, I cut a bit too much off there, so I'll go back. And you end up prepubescent. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I won't shave, because... I can't deal with how I look without a beard now. Because I get to lie and go, yeah, this is my jawline. This is what I look like. And then I have to shave it off and go, oh, God, I forgot, I forgot to grow a it's, jawline during puberty. It's like with shaving your head, where, like, if I shaved my head completely now, not that I'm intending on doing it, but if I wanted to, I can't because I'm, I don't know what shape my head is. It's, it's not going to be normal. I, I had a similar conversation recently where I said, what? Well, my plan is shave the head and just grow the beard out. And it was with my mum. And her response instantly was, well, what if you have a weird shaped head? I was like, you, you would know. Tell me. <laughs> what damage did I do on the way out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I am tired. This week, we watched Face Off 1997, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. I suppose we could dive on in with the plot synopsis. Obsessed with bringing terrorist caster Troy, brackets Nicolas Cage, to justice, FBI agent Sean Archer, John Travolta, tracks down Troy, who has boarded a plane in Los Angeles. After the plane crashes and Troy is severely injured, possibly dead, Archer undergoes surgery to remove his face and replace it with Troy's. We're ten minutes in. As Archer tries to use his disguise to elicit information about a bomb from Troy's brother, Troy awakes from a coma and forces the doctor who performed the surgery to give him Archer's face. We're still ten minutes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is... What about the remaining two hours of film? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good thing to start with. This film is somehow two hours twenty-five. Feels much longer. This film has four acts somehow, and the opening act, it feels like the end of a previous movie, and it is 40 minutes long before the actual story kicks off. It feels like the, the previous movie was those two actually facing off. It was the chase between Caster and Archer, and then it ends with Archer finally catching Caster and putting him, well, killing him, actually, not putting him behind bars, supposedly killing him, and then the movie we get 
feels like a weird sequel to try and keep the the franchise alive where they have to swap faces to to keep it interesting it's both such an interesting premise and so i'm I'm gonna come out and say it now poorly executed he said it feels like a movie that almost jumped the shark partway through in that it just gets yeah overly ridiculous in an attempt to keep topping itself yes yeah yeah uh a lot held up by Nicolas Cage's, let's call it acting, shall we? But the beginning of this and the rest of the movie, which is 40 minutes and two hours, somehow, even though I said it was two hours 25. <laughs> um, it feels like more. Completely different movies, it feels like. Yeah. So I'd never seen this before. Oh, me either. Uh, today, as is so often the case. The only kind of build-up I had to this was, uh, I think two days ago, I watched... Uh, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which yes. I don't know if you two have seen. Yeah, I've seen that. No. Great film. Um, but the the kind of concept of it is there's this, uh, I won't spoil it, but there's a Nicolas Cage super fan in there and they kind of recount a lot of his films and they talk about how Face Off is, you know, amazing and it was such an incredible film. That's not the experience I had. Yeah, it <laughs> felt like they give this big, introduce all these plot elements of like a yeah a face off a conflict between these two characters, but they resolve it immediately. <laughs> but we get no pleasure from it because the film continues for another three hours. Yeah, exactly. And it just felt like it was moving so quickly early on that I was baffled when I looked at the time and was like, "Shit, I'm not even a third of the way through." So the mo- yeah the movie starts with Nicolas Cage attempting to assassinate John Travolta and accidentally killing his child. We don't know why. It's he's never doing explained that. why he, yeah, why he's choosing to do that. Why he's gone out of his way to go and try kill John Travolta. It's never really explained. He just ends up creating his own nemesis for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of put on you to assume or to have the knowledge that uh, there was this whole history before this movie between these two characters and maybe maybe it was a commentary on other movies during this time period where they were all kind of the same and it's always a a rivalry between two characters and it thought it was being smart by doing this at the beginning and then switching it up as you go along but yeah it sort of comes with this crutch and i want to talk about this scene because i i also hadn't seen this movie and didn't know anything about Nicolas cage's character and when john travolta who is archer is at the he's on like a merry-go-round with his son and then the camera pans over and Nicolas Cage is on a hill and he... Rubbing his face. Yeah, yeah, rubbing just everything in this movie. And he's <laughs> looking... You can't really... It's dark, so you can't really see what he's doing. But you see him put something to his eyes. I thought it was binoculars. And then I thought his character was going to be a paedophile. And the face-off was going to be that he steals the sun. You are and right. It's all a Chasey's thing. Yes, but nothing else had been proved yet. This was all in my mind. And I was so relieved when he put the... What, it was actually a scope to his eye and you see the crosshair and you think, oh, thank God he's just going to kill him because killing a kid, <laughs> killing a kid is better than fucking a kid by all, by all metrics. That is better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he shoots. Well, it, it is. <laughs> in terms of... to... I'm not going to weigh in on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have this conversation. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, no, I don't mean in real life. I mean, if you have a choice, there's always the third option. Don't do either. But in the movie, <laughs> Nicolas Cage is there with a gun and a scope looking at a kid. And, you know, he's got only the two choices. So in his reality, killing the kid is better than fucking the kid. To be fair, he, was, he wasn't trying to kill the kid. No, and nor, nor was he trying to fuck the kid. Oh, God, I'm putting <laughs> a 
sudden words in his mouth. <laughs> so he shoots. Uh, he's actually aiming for Archer because of this presumed history they have and he hits the kid and that's that's the kick off this movie this is why archer wants to hunt down caster so much because he accidentally kills the boy whose name oh, i cannot and will not remember um it is strange though <laughs> it is strange that if a man kills your child you are definitely not getting put in charge of the task force to hunt down that man do you not think you may be a little compromised you might make some decisions that get six agents killed in the next scene, maybe because you have to kill... Yeah, I think HR might step in. It's a very strange hierarchy at this fictional FBI where Archer is kind of in charge. He's like the field office manager. Everyone else in that office works below him, apart from one really old man who does not look like he works for the <laughs> FBI, who comes in part-time just to come in and go you're too much of a renegade, and then disappears for hours at a time, and then comes back later to have a heart attack in front of the villain. Uh, so Archer just gets to get away with whatever he wants. But the film kind of has you believe that he's like this rebel at the FBI to get things done. But I never really get that impression from him. He, he I think mostly he's... does things by the book. His rebelliousness, it's this idea of the FBI where there's one senior agent who just walks in and everyone else is at the whim of their mood swings. And if he, he comes in all grumpy and he's having a bad day, everyone's oh. got to deal with it. We've all had that boss. You say hello to them on a morning, and depending on how they react, that's what sort of day you're having today. Whether or not their kid was killed that day. <laughs> or fucked. <laughs> <laughs> One's a worse move than the other, though, right? <laughs> I mean, you say by the book. We see him run one mission where he drives at a plane with someone in the passenger seat who doesn't want to be there. Doesn't, surprisingly, okay. isn't trying to kill themselves. He then hijacks a helicopter and starts crashing into the said plane. This whole. The mission in itself, I mean, the whole thing is batshit fucking insane. He, it's a shambles. So they, they let Caster, the uh, antagonist, get onto his plane with his brother and start moving. The FBI knew all of this was happening. They were poised. They were ready to leap. They wait for him to get on the plane and wait for it to start moving before they start trying to stop him. It's like if you put a criminal in a car let them start driving, and then run after the car and shout for them to stop. <laughs> so they why did you have, put him in the plane? They also had an FBI agent on the plane to stop oh. him. And even she waited until they were in the air to she, pull the gun. She waited to she suck is, his tongue first. Oh, yeah! <laughs> but she, she's meant to be an air hostess. But she is the most FBI agent-looking person <laughs> She's just in a full suit as he arrives. She might as well have had an earpiece in <laughs> as he gets on the plane, just going to... It's Agent Smith with lipstick. He's requested I suck his tongue. Please advise. <laughs> that is horrible, though, right? Oh, it's, it's horrendous. And all the peach stuff as well. There isn't a thing Nicolas Cage doesn't do in this that isn't horrible. Everything tops the last thing he did. Uh, which seems impossible because 
in about 10 minutes, he's going to grope a 14-year-old, which we're going to get to. But it gets worse than that. I still can't figure out what a peach is in his head because he wants peaches at the start where he can eat a peach for hours. He calls the wife peach at some point and at the end when he says he's got something in his bag for the daughter it's peaches it just seems to be that whenever he can't think of a word he just swaps in the word peaches (laughs) (laughs) it's context dependent (laughs) um but no i I think it's the obvious answer which is it's asses because he seems to have a strange obsession (laughs) with asses don't worry young girl i've got something for you later (laughs) arse Apparently. <laughs> little Evan tidbit. You know the little peach emoji? Yes. Yeah, I'm go aware on. of it. And colloquially, that is used for asses. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was fanny. Uh, sorry to maybe an American listener. I meant pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. To an American, that you one. just said, oh, it's not an ass, It's an ass." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I think uh, I always got. It took me a while to figure out the aubergine. Sorry for the American listeners. Eggplant, uh, because who who has a who has a huge bulbous purple dick that thinks that that's a good equivalent? Does Does Sam not have a purple dick? <laughs> what is yours like pink? <laughs> Everyone's got a little red rocket. Everyone else has got big. I don't like penises. the seven law. <laughs> I forgot about my little corkscrew. <laughs> <laughs> so he gropes a 14 year old <clears throat> oh yeah sure so chronologically this happens before he runs away in the movie so he his whole thing after killing the kid is also that he's set a bomb somewhere in whatever city they're in and it's gonna go off he's dressed as a priest for some reason he's walking through a, a mall as he's dancing he's doing very nick cage stuff and this leads into what i want to talk about in a moment and as he's walking through, there's a choir singing there. And Nick Cage, a 40-year-old man at this point, maybe 30s? Always been 40. Yeah. And um, walks up behind this, in the film, she's a girl in the choir. In real life, she is an actor, walks up behind her, grabs a fist, two fistfuls of ass, of makes jizz face, there's like orchestral swell as he does it. And then, sorry, peach for our American listeners. And then... <laughs> fucks off and it's just nick cage doing his nick cage thing it doesn't add anything to the character he's already set a bomb he's already set the bar for himself he doesn't need to grope a child on the way out for us to know this is a bad dude i think he was just i don't want to say likable or cool but he is rocking out to this choir music dancing away and i guess they went ah we don't want people to root for this guy we're gonna have to make him a nonce and, which proves my theory that one is worse than the other. Because if nonce trumps murder... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, nonce trumps murdering an entire city. So <laughs> bad nonces. Yeah, but he did dance. He did dance. I, did, I mean, I think you're right, because the headbanging to the choir was... It was just really funny. And I thought, oh, are we meant to like this? This is meant to be a funny character. And then that immediately went, oh, okay, no. No, not oh, at all. I thought you were saying, you asked that after he grabbed the ass. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, he's a funny guy. He does jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have this thing of just grabbing ass. I, I, I want to talk about 
that because he makes bold character choices all the way through this Nick Cage. And I don't believe the character was written this way. I think he was probably a standard villain. Do you mean Nick Cage? What did I because, say? Because it, well, because he's mainly John Travolta in this doing weird sure, shit. But that's my point is I think Nick Cage makes all these choices beforehand. John Travolta... And, and then, you know, all everything he's done is given to John Travolta and John Travolta is expected to try and mimic what Nick Cage has done. And when it's handed to John Travolta, he obviously can't do the same things. And everything he does from then on is significantly more creepy than anything we've seen so far. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, since we're talking about it now, yeah, once they've once they're playing each other, John Travolta's version of playing wacky Nick Cage kind of just comes across as him trying to do Jim Carrey. Oh my like, god, I've written oh, that down. I wrote yes. the exact same thing. Boys. Just, it, it sometimes, like, when Nick Cage sets a bar, I think there are very few people who could meet that level. And I think he does a good job for the most part in maintaining that creepy guy who you never know what he's going to do next. But occasionally it is just Ace Ventura. Yes. Yeah, Can totally. I make a guess of when you both wrote that down? So I was, I was enjoying it for the most part up until this point. Some of like the micro manner, uh, mannerisms he was doing, like some of the smaller stuff I was enjoying. I was thinking, oh, he's, he's not going too big. He clearly knows his limits. But then when, after they swap bodies, obviously after they swap bodies, uh, <laughs> after, he, after he finds the bomb and disarms it because he knows the code, and then he goes on TV to do the interview and he shouts at the camera, uh, interception now our side's got the ball and he does this big playing to the back of the room movement and voice and it was just, well, I won't say it was like Jim Carrey it was a poor Jim Carrey impression but it was a fucking mile away from Nick Cage by this point so much it was like Jim Carrey time. in a 2-2 when he's pretending to be an ex-American yes! footballer yes <laughs> <laughs> But then the other side of this is that they, they brought in Nick Cage to be wacky, weird, slightly creepy Nick Cage and then said, okay, that's you for the first 20 minutes. Now for the rest of the film, we want you to play very glum John Travolta. And he has to dull it right down and be serious. And Do you think he does a good job? <laughs> he does a mix of very glum tries to, man is. and chimp who knows five words. So just walks into the house just going, home, home. Or sees the little boy whose name is Adam, I think, just going, Michael, Michael, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I think for the most part, he just does Nick Cage. And then, you know, for a couple of seconds every scene, he sees the, the directors go in, mouthing John Travolta at him. <laughs> and then he remembers for a second and looks glum and then just immediately swings back into Nick Cage. It's a... Uh, I, I don't mind it. I prefer Nick Cage, so go for it. But Well, that's the thing. I found it disappointing that they went with this. I thought, I want, if I see Nick Cage in a film, I want him to be Nick Cage. I want him to be insane. Don't worry. Yeah, he was all the way through. <laughs> Do you know who else they considered to play the roles in this movie? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hang on, for which role? Uh, he can only but, do the John Travolta role, right? But he could not do Nick Cage. I mean, he could he, not do a Nick Cage impression. Imagine cutting, imagine cutting Nick Cage's face off and putting it on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, it's, <laughs> him, him it's, it's worse to be the same guy. 
it's, it's, it's worse because it was a, they picked like pairs that they wanted to play the roles. So if oh, it okay. was if it was Schwarzenegger, it was going to be Sylvester Stallone. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but I just there's a lot that we're expected to just um, agree with in this, where they're just like, oh yeah, your eyes are the same color. No, they're not. Your faces are the same shape. They're really fucking not. Like, like well, you said, so John, John Travolta one. has an enormous head. Or Nick Cage yeah, has a very he's... small head. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is six foot three, and Sylvester Stallone is five foot seven. <laughs> I would love to see that face swap where no one acknowledges that one of them has grown by eight inches and the other's <laughs> shrunk. Do you think they'd have just sewed it to his chest? And put maybe like a sensor bar up top. <laughs> Just stick Thanos' head eight inches above his own. Um, that's a great place to talk about what the linchpin of this movie is. What all this is based on is the technology that they just sort of sweep in as they go to get the surgery. So there is, in this movie, there is 3D printing technology which can print human organs and such. We see an ear being printed and will be put onto a man's head who's lost his ear. And then he says, but this, this isn't even the good stuff, the doctor. He brings out this plastic mask uh, <laughs> and explains that this is a mould from which we will take Nicolas Cage's face and place on, and then, c- correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is what I've heard, the face is placed on this plastic sort of base plate, and then that base plate is placed on your face, which is how they solved in their minds the the structure, the bone structure of your face being different to someone else's. It had That's, to be there because the bone structures would be different. That's why also, it, it's there. But that also means that your face is three inches further forward than it <laughs> usually is. I also understood that that's what they were saying, but that okay. is not what we were shown happening. That that's mask just sucked someone's face off and then placed it on another person. But they already showed us they can 3D print organs. Why not just 3D a print a face? Just do yeah. the face, yeah. <laughs> just but my do favorite the face. part about it, favorite part about this is they they did all of the, yeah. So this this scene is like laden with vague high tech stuff. There's lasers everywhere. They kind of they laser the face off in a very specific way, and then they've got a custom made mask that goes down and kind of sucks it up. And it's all automated mechanic arms that go and place it gently onto the other person's face. And then some guy comes in and starts smushing it around. <laughs> They've got every step automated until that one when Larry comes in because he's protected by the union, so they cannot replace him. <laughs> Face smusher is protected. What and I he find just gives it a bit of a smush around. He doesn't do anything of value. <laughs> he doesn't even wash his hands on the way in. He doesn't have to. And then, and then after that, we so they say that we're going to match his haircut and all of this kind of stuff in his build. So we see some lasers buzzing around on his head and then some hands come in with a pair of scissors and just cut his hair. (laughs) Did did they need to do his short back and sides while his face wasn't attached to his body? No no wonder he complains that the face is itchy all the way through. They probably stitched under so many hairs in there. It's horrible. Cut his hair after. Apparently it heals in two days. Cut it then. This is also a good point to address that he has a voice modulator in to simulate the voice of Nicolas Cage. And the doctor explicitly says, even a sneeze could dislodge this. 
be extremely careful. And then they immediately forget about that and everybody kicks the shit out of Archer <laughs> for two hours straight and that voice box does not come out until the end when it needs to. So, yeah, on, so on that note, um, one of the next kind of plot arcs is him going into the prison. <laughs> We're getting so technical in our old age. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this, So this comes back, or at least I thought it was going to come back. When he's in the prison, he's trying to escape. He's got his information, he's trying to get out. His plan is he's trying to get a cigarette off one of the guards and he's desperately trying to get it. And then he's trying to get a light and he finally gets the light and smokes a cigarette. And this, I was thinking, ah, okay, this is the voice box thing. He'll smoke, it'll fuck with this device in his throat. Well, that would have been smart. Dislodge it and then he can speak and they'll realise something's not up. None of that. The cigarette was served absolutely zero purpose and he just runs away. Yeah, he, he used it to burn a guy. The majority of his plan required another very large Russian man to be getting lobotomized at the same time and him then going, you beat them up and luckily he does. There was no plan, plan beyond go get yourself yeah, lobotomized. So, I, mean, I, wrote, I mean, I wrote down what I could take his plan to be. Uh, so his plan was to get a cigarette to distract a guard and hope that the other guy wakes up and attacks the guard in time for him to get out of this electric chair he's strapped into, run through the entire prison while being shot by countless guards with machine guns, then overload a TV screen for some reason, and then swim home. And that plan works. Yeah, and his face stays on and his voice modular stays in the entire time through all of that. I really want to touch on uh, this escape scene, because this is a mad prison. This is one of, I say one of those, like they exist. This is under a oil rig. It is like a dank, dark prison. It's like it's Black Arkham Gate. Asylum. One? Yes, yes, thank you. Um, and the escape plan is insane. So yeah, he goes through all of that and that distraction is so we can get to the computer that controls the power for the place. And you see this in movies from this time a lot where they try to overload the power in order to escape this like totally locked down place. But what is the system for making that work? Why is there a sequence of keys on the central <laughs> computer that overloads the power? Did he just turn all the lights on and they go off? Firstly, why is there that system to overload the power? And secondly, I would love to have seen the scene where the electricians finish up working on the prison and then they're running through the diagnostics with the guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the electricity room is set up. The electricity room that can draw full power all the time. <laughs> Uh, we fitted the four bare light bulbs that you wanted across the prison. And then there's a final warning before they leave. Absolutely don't turn all those on at the same time or everything will explode and everyone will escape. Yeah. Insane. We specifically set it up. Uh, we've Actually, we've put a button on the computer. You click that and it'll overload. Yeah, uh, but there is a password. Uh, it is overload. Change that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does always feel like something is set up for a great idea and it never occurs how you would expect it to, to occur like your cigarette thing or yeah the fact they can overload the four lights is insane but I assumed <laughs> it was to overload the electrically magnetised floor and then everyone was free and could attack the guards but that wasn't it he has a scar from when he got shot I assumed that the fact that the bad guy didn't have that scar would they put a matter lot of at some point. Time they into they that did scar. not shut the fuck up about that scar. Never came up. There were a lot of um, well, setups with no payoff. 
Yeah. The, it was kind of the reverse of that for the scar because they removed the scar in the surgery so he could look more like Nicolas Cage. But he asked the doctor, because that scar was one where he got shot on the same day his son died, he asked, when I go back into my body, John Travolta's body, can you put that... Oh, wait, no, he's already yeah. in his body. <laughs> saying, when you retrofit this body to be worse than it is now, can you put that scar back? When you when put you all, pump the, all my when fat you put back into me... <laughs> <laughs> and when you expand my jaw by the seven or eight inches, could you also put a scar back on there? To which the surgeon surely should have said, of course not. That's insane. I'm not going to put a scar on you. <laughs> when they suck all the fat out, do I have to keep it in an oven so it doesn't solidify? <laughs> just something to think about. <laughs> I, guess, I guess they're just storing it in Nicolas Cage for a bit. Because he's... <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he does. They take it all out. So this is yeah. So Nicolas Cage also gets remodeled to look like John Travolta conveniently. So John Travolta didn't have to lose half his body weight for this role. Um, And yeah, they must. We don't see the sequence. We've already seen it for John. They don't show how they grow his hair out. They don't show how they pump muscle and fat into his body. How they completely change his bone structure. They, you feel like they used the, the budget for it once. If, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you were going to cast this film, <laughs> maybe you would choose Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Still not a great choice. You'd go for two people who look a little bit more similar, surely. Uh, we were informed they look almost identical, Sam. And To be fair, before we started doing stuff like this, I, I completely went along with that premise when I first watched this movie, and I think I've seen it numerous times since. I was completely fine with going, yes, they do look alike, don't they? <laughs> Baffling. Did you catch the name of the prison? No, I didn't. No. Erewhon Prison, because Erewhon is nowhere backwards. Oh, that's very Too good. many ideas are thrown at this fucking story. Oh. Yeah. You know, every now and again, you can just leave one on the board and go, it's all right. Misheard you there. I thought you said it was Aragon Prison, which is also <laughs> Dragon, but with an E instead. <laughs> <laughs> everything about this prison I was like it's a really good idea maybe save it for a superhero film where sticking people to the floor seems like a necessary idea that was the first hint that I had because it did so this is all comes around the same time that he solves the big mystery that the plot synopsis ended with he's got to find out where this bomb's been planted so he can defuse it he finds that out very quickly and also he's got some magnetic mega boots that stick into the floor when the guards want to. I was like, why are you adding this element? You don't need this. Just put put him in a prison. It's fine. You don't need magnetic boots. He doesn't have some sort of superpower we need to hold him back from using in any way. Like the power dampeners in Deadpool or something. Like It's not a necessary thing. No, but on the flip side of that, they do it in Andor, and like that's a scary way of containing... Oh, no, that's an electrified floor. Nobody has the boots on. No, you don't need the boots. You just need an electric floor. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, this isn't a theme we see throughout this film where they just keep throwing every idea in and nothing gets cut. Thank God for that. And thank God the rest of the plot makes a lot more sense than everything we've had so far because the antagonist's next plan, after having planted this bomb and 
disposed of the one guy that can stop it is to diffuse it and turn his arch nemesis into a hero and basically just fix his life. He fixes his relationship with his wife, his relationship with his daughter and makes him a hero. He just instantly settles in for the long haul. He goes, all right, this is me then, I guess. Totally. I will make sure to fix this marriage, first of all. Yeah. Build a better relationship with my daughter. (laughs) Get a promotion. It's it's really weirdly like... He achieves all this fast. We're being endeared to him. The whole film feels like it's leading towards these two guys seeing life from each other's perspectives and kind of understanding each other and empathizing but it's not uh, in defense of the movie i think the movie also realized that because then we get the scene where he goes into ultra's daughter's room and then has this weird well he presses against her as he goes in to grab one of her cigarettes it's very uncomfortable because she thinks it's her dad coming in and doing it. But we're obviously aware it's Archer, thank God. It's so much better if he just murdered her. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he tries at the end, to be fair, right after he looks at her face. Uh, yeah, so it's, that, that happens to remind you he's a bad guy. But then, again, the next fucking two hours of the movie after this, we're a good hour and a half in now, is just him <laughs> fixing things with the wife. Like, trying really hard at his job. And his plan, as he explains to his brother, we haven't really mentioned his brother, so his brother was also arrested at the same time, but he had him released from prison. And his plan is kind of to use his position to become a better, more recognised cop that's, like, involved with the government or the president somehow. It's always the fucking president when it's America. And take out all his rivals. And then, like, there's a question mark step. And then they win. Uh, and you yeah. to assume that the question mark step is he gets his body and face back, becomes Castor again, and resumes his place as, like, the villain of America. But this entire time, he's also been trying to kill the guy who's currently wearing his face. It, I have nowhere else to go with that other than question mark. No, just the like film the didn't have anywhere else to go either. <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I, his motivations don't make any sense. Mm. The plot's more or less finished at this point, but we still have... Uh, like two hours of film <laughs> to go, most yes. of which is fight just scenes. action scenes. Yeah, every fight scene oh. feels like the last fight scene, and then it ends, and they both scarper, and we get another fight scene. Scarper, <laughs> scarper. <laughs> um, and every fight scene, they're getting the bullets flying everywhere, and at no point in the film does either one of them get shot. The only person who gets shot is uh, Archer in Caster's body, and it's his daughter who shoots him. So they don't land on any, yeah, of each other. The professional shooters... Oh, actually, that's a lie. Uh, Archer's son takes one right to the fucking chest, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's better than the alternative. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I struggled to take notes for a long time because it's just fight scene after fight scene. But there was one thing in one of the fight scenes towards the end I really enjoyed. So it's it's after Caster, who is actually Archer, who's gone to his ex-girlfriend's brother's little headquarters. And there's a bunch of criminals there. They do some drugs. But then eventually, I'm just going to say John Travolta, shows up with all the <laughs> FBI and they start shooting everyone up. And it becomes one of the many face-offs in this movie. It's number 18 by now. And they're both on opposite sides of a mirror but it's a two-sided mirror where it's a oh, they yeah. reflect on both sides like in a clothing store and they point the guns at each other through the mirror 
but it's because it's, it's each of their reflections, it's like they're actually looking at the person they're shooting the gun at. I thought, oh, that's good. And then this movie kept going for another three hours and I'd forgotten <laughs> about it until I saw my note. <laughs> no, that was... I, I really liked the scene, except for the fact that... So they were putting the guns at the mirror. Next to them is a doorway. So logically, you'd think that instead of hoping that the other guy is standing where you're pointing, you'd take a step over and shoot through the doorway. I don't even think it was a wall. I think it was like one of those columns. In the, but it wasn't even a column because it was literally, the thickness of it was just a mirror either just side. So it was about mirrors. an inch thick. And either side was technically a door because it was just open space. It was just it a was mirror, good. a double-sided nice mirror in the middle shot. of the room. Yeah. You don't have a room in your house where it's just mirror, 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 mirror. <laughs> Empty <mirror>. space. <laughs> With space to run behind it so that... Mirror, mirror someone... on the mirror. <laughs> but this is one of the fucking most mental scenes for our action scenes in a movie. Uh, number one, they probably couldn't tell the difference between new John Travolta and old John Travolta because he runs a raid just as badly, which is everyone's just sitting having a drink and he just gets an entire squad of police to open fire through the windows. Yeah. Don't think that's legal. Everyone's just jumping sideways and over things as they shoot their guns. There's a point where a cop runs up the stairs. He's running up the stairs with his machine gun held sideways, just shooting. <laughs> I would love well not to watch this again but if I were to to take down the accuracy rating for this what is the actual percentile hittage of bullets have you boys seen much John Woo before this this is John Woo yes oh my god because I, before this held him in high esteem I've seen bits before and even watching this I was like, this has to be. As soon as I saw someone jump sideways shooting two guns, that's like, this yeah. has to be John Woo and j- jumping over a kitchen table. And yeah, I think I saw all this and thought it's very Max Payne, but I feel like that's because Max Payne is copying probably, John Woo. Probably, yeah. yeah. But you, did you play Bulletproof? Bulletproof, yeah. Yeah, because that's based on his hard boiled movies. It's just all this. He has a thing. And you always know it. So as soon as someone jumps through the air shooting two guns, John Woo. <laughs> I, I felt like it was a game that nobody played at the time, but it's oh. one that's talked about now because it perfected bullet time in games. But other than that, it's fine. <laughs> it's just, it feels really good when you jump to the side and shoot your guns and then... And then just do that again the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, had one fun element, but it was fucking fun. It was really good, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you can get that anywhere. Fuck. Uh, oh, one other thing uh, from slightly earlier in that same house where the massive action scene happens is, uh, yeah, when Nick Cage, embodied by John Travolta, takes those drugs. This scene is where I feel like Nick Cage forgot that he was supposed to be playing John Travolta playing Nick Cage and he was just full on Nick Cage in this and I enjoyed every segment so this good. was my favourite segment of this movie for sure where he he's just done the drugs he's breaking up in front of all those other fucking hardened criminals and then he goes into 
his own room, laughs over the toilet a little bit, and then Exax comes in and he starts swinging a gun in her face. All great Nick Cage stuff. Exactly what I wanted for this movie. But he isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. There is no John Travolta no. in this. And there's the director going, John! It's John! He's supposed to be doing John! <laughs> <laughs> We just establish where do you stand then on is is Nick Cage a good actor? We've had this chat about um, Keanu Reeves before. Yeah, it's very similar, isn't it? I want to. I disagree. I think I genuinely would say great actor. I think he has the art down to a form, but ultimately form down to an art. Uh, yes. <laughs> cool. Um, He's no, 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 no. He's got the art down to a form. Uh, <laughs> he took the art. And then Aragon um, yeah. is just dragon if you flip some of the letters. Um, <laughs> the problem is, all of his roles are so similar. He always goes so big on them that they always look, it always looks like he can't act, like he's just playing Nicolas Cage. But maybe the case is he's just too damn good that I can't recognise it from bad. This December we're doing Cagemus, so we'll be able to decide then. I would absolutely love to do that. There's a lot of them on Disney. Con Air, there's I've so never many seen. that I've never seen. Oh. I've never seen Con Air. I've never seen the was it the Wicker Man. I've never seen Wicker Man. I've never seen Lord of War, Pig. All of his big ones I've not. I've heard Pig's really good. Um, Lord of War's really good. Is that the one that opens with the he's doing the, the bullet, monologue about following the bullet. a bullet? Yeah, yeah. They're making a scene. You might have showed that. me that. Are they? Making, yeah, Lords of War. They made a sequel a sequel to this in 2016. Oh, TV series, didn't they? Oh, it's a TV series. Yeah, they, oh, apparently there was Face a. Off two. Oh, yeah. And there's there is a movie coming, but there, I think there was. There's a TV always series. a movie coming. Yeah. yeah. There's all, every single episode we do. There's a sequel coming. <laughs> Face Off had ten seasons. Wow. That is still probably felt shorter than this film. <laughs> it's got to be like. Um, it's got to be like the Flash, which because how many times can there be a new faster person? Just we're taking my face off again, and <laughs> by the end, there's no way they're healing that hundred percent every time. You're just hanging, slightly flappy. Things aren't quite attached. You're drooling when you talk. You start off like 1995 Mickey Rourke, and you end up like 2023 Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Yeah, by season 10, the guy who comes in and mushes the face on is just pushing around bits of flesh, isn't it? There is they have no constitution left of that. Oh, they get they get tired of swapping faces. They just stick a new one on top each time. <laughs> so you've got... Your face comes through doors a few seconds before you do. It's like when you accidentally forget to take out a contact lens. They just go to take one off and go, there's another fucking face under here. Terry, you look different. This is this guy's from season two. We didn't get rid of this face. Fucking turn your head and clothesline everyone in the room. <laughs> bigger and bigger jowls by the season as everything sits wrong. Oh. You gotta lean back to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> They've gotta give you longer arms. <laughs> <laughs> Just like coming out of the dentist, everything's still numb. <laughs> the guy's shoulder deep in your mouth to reach your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. So they fight on a speedboat. <laughs> what are we talking about? 
Um, I do actually. No, I do want to mention one of these fight scenes. The rest of the film is just fight scenes. Um, but one yeah. of them towards the end is great because they're at the, the boss's funeral who had a spontaneous heart attack after he got karate chopped on the back of the neck. <laughs> and they, they, they meet up. He, he the had two. a pre-existing health condition. They did work that in. He grabbed his chest a few times in that scene. They didn't do it before then, but in this scene he does. But if you're going to crack someone across the back of the head, you can't just assume that they've had a heart attack that's fatal. <laughs> <laughs> he calls the he calls the ambulance immediately. Yes. He's certain this guy's dead. But they meet up after the funeral, and they're doing, once again they're shooting at each other, and all of that shit's happening. John Travolta yeah runs outside, and the FBI show up to back him up, and he just shoots the guy in the head. I it's don't like, know why he, he did was that, coming yeah. to help you. Just tell him bad guys over there. You're you're done. You win. You're fine. <laughs> Well, I think they realised that too, which is why he shot him, because the movie wouldn't have worked the way they wanted it to. <laughs> Shit, we've written what? ourselves into the corner. We... Rather than have this FBI agent not turn up, have him shoot him. <laughs> just just like the way they said, okay, we've finished the film. Hold on, we've still got this speedboat here. <laughs> do, do another one. Do another action scene. Are we, are we, are we at the ending? Oh, of course we because fucking are. It has a great ending scene everyone in a mexican standoff in a church yeah this is obviously where it should end just everything about the aesthetic is any face off before now (laughs) well you know it's it's a perfectly fine ending everyone having a shootout in the church there's white doves everywhere just Great yeah, imagery. Very 80s movie. Yeah. Very just, John Woo. Yeah, exactly. Apparently that's a John Woo thing, which I looked up and apparently it's something to do with even if you've done bad things, they represent a soul that gets cleansed. It was- oh, I know. He only killed a kid. It's okay. He can be forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> he, he only wiped out a city. He didn't the other thing. And I just thought earlier on in the film, Nicolas Cage as John Travolta gave the daughter a knife which gets worked into the story because he told her how to use it if someone attacks her and then when he attacks her she uses it that way yeah that's how this movie ended in my memory how it absolutely should have done and then they find some speedboats i don't understand why they just tacked on a speedboat fight that lasts another 10 15 minutes it's so long i was drifting off me the guy was like he was windsurfing or not windsurfing he was skating on the water in his shoes hanging off the side of a speedboat and i was so bored <laughs> can we just yeah this film fatigue by this point for sure and i i agree with you both completely the church felt like the final scene so let's explain for people john travolta comes in there's a face-off there's mexican standoff between him and nicholas cage then he's got the wife and one of his other guys comes in. Nicolas Cage is surrounded. Then Sasha, the ex-girlfriend, comes in thinking she's helping her boyfriend when really she's helping Alcha. And there's a standoff. And then another guy we have never seen before in this movie oh, comes God, in yeah. <laughs> and apparently is there to help Archer. Yeah, he has and, the daughter. Yes, and the, oh, yeah. the daughter doesn't wander in until much later. Like, this They're, guy comes in first. The daughter wanders in of her own accord after the shooting. So this happens. They're all pointing the... He definitely shows up with the daughter in a car. 
Oh, but he leaves her in the car to come in because he comes in through a side door behind Nicolas Cage. And I paused here. I checked the time. Still 20 minutes left. So I was fucking positive the next 15 minutes was going to be just different people walking into the room, pointing a gun (laughs) at someone else until eventually there's like a domino type thing where people are getting shot until one person is left standing. And that's the end of the movie. But... be such a good ending. It would have been great. Instead, we get speedboat scene just people it's things blowing up they're just trying to spend the rest of the budget so john woo can get more budget for the next movie it's just like at work let's spend the budget now on a big party i assume he got his first big budget american movie and went no one is ever giving me another one we're doing another (laughs) scene and then we're doing another scene and then we're doing another scene and they're all staying in He's just, he's looking around waiting for someone to stop him doing scenes. He's like, I, I guess we'll do another scene now. Can I have two speedboats? Yes. Checks the time. All right, we've got time for one more face-off, guys, then we can all go home. Yeah, um, j- just way too overwhelming by this point. I also was zoned out. I couldn't tell you how the actual thing ended until I knew the ending was happening, because now they're back home. And everyone's safe. The daughter's blonde now. She stopped being a goth. It's supposed to represent everybody because Castor is dead, has accepted that the boy is dead for good. He's been avenged. But Archer's <laughs> no, but- arc, who is now John Travolta again, his healing arc, the way he deals with this is just to bring home a new boy. <laughs> I mean, He's yeah. Not- he just forgets about his dead son. He's like, got a new one. <laughs> I love the idea that his son dies and like a dog bringing back the wrong toy, he oh. just walks out and brings back a kind of similar boy. <laughs> I wrote, he brought that kid home like a new dog. This one needs a home. Can we give this a home? Because yeah, his wife just says, okay. Well, <laughs> That's one's cut to look, black. He's like, this one's basically the same. <laughs> but no hole, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, you, you can rub his face and everything. <laughs> and then there's this weird old interaction with John Travolta and his daughter where when she says she loves him, he goes to touch her face oh, like there's God. some residual Nicolas Cage left over in his brain. But all you've done is wear his face. Like, there was no actual body swap. You didn't have to get into the psychology of the man. He didn't really interact with anyone other than those criminals, and they died immediately. The the strokey face thing is... uh, Was that his thing too? It's just a there. It's the this family thing. It's the whole family thing. all they do throughout this film. They just... Right! I thought it was just a Nick Cage thing. That thing that people used to do in school where they'd come over and... uh, or in my school, and just go dribble and my, just my do school. that down your face. Oh, that rings a bell, yeah. yeah. That, they do that to each other all the time. And okay. I thought it was just Nicolas Cage groping people. As a person who does not like being touched, this is hurting me every time. Stop touching their faces. Painful. Who was that for? <laughs> one, other, one other thing to mention about this final scene is, so yeah, the, the, the kid that he does drag back with him, is Nick Cage's biological son. And for the wife and daughter who have discovered that basically, functionally, their husband's body was possessed by Nick Cage for the last couple of weeks, for him to then come home 
with Nick Cage's son and be like, I got this. <laughs> they are far too trusting of him. Mum, yeah. Mum's got to come to terms with Agreed. the fact that she's spent the last week fucking the guy who murdered her child. And now she has to raise the kid of the man who murdered her child. And let's not forget, that's the happiest she's been in a long time, too. Like, she was oh, happy yeah. with she the had, changes she had in a her good husband. week. We're at the end of the film now, and that leads perfectly into the singular bad review that I got for this. So I'm just going to throw <laughs> it in now. Half a star. Did they swap willies, too? <laughs> I wondered I that also wondered movie. this. But not in the context of the wife should have having questioned that. Uh, yeah, surely should have noticed. I don't Unless dig too the deep way into they it. picked the two actors was by similarity of dick. <laughs> yeah, they didn't include that when they were saying you guys are so similar. The whole similar. time, the whole time we've been like these guys don't look anything alike. Like, well, we only we only check the dicks. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you for that, Sam. And that tightly leads us into the question, boys. Carl, this was your suggestion. I won't say it was your choice. You didn't force this on us. And I thought it was also a great idea. But here comes the question, Carl. So, you think that was good, do you? Yes. Uh, Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I I love so many of the ideas. But they didn't all need to be in this one movie. The idea of swapping faces with the guy who killed your kid and having to see them in the mirror every day. That psychological element of it, and the same with the wife and the things she has to come to terms with what she did. I felt like we, they were supposed to realise that maybe they're not as dissimilar as they think, because they're both fucking mental. But it's so long. It's so, <laughs> so long. I have, especially throughout this month and during other movies we've done, I think Johnny Mnemonic complained that an hour and a half isn't long enough for the story they're trying to tell. An hour and a half is long enough for the story they were trying to tell in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. They swap faces. I'll let you have two fight scenes. Not even just one, two. You can have two fight scenes. End. Sam. (laughs) Um, No, I don't think this was good. I've made that pretty clear. The plot was done in the first half an hour. And then it just bullshitted around for a while. Yeah, they. I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to give them the credit of saying that I liked the ideas because I don't think they had the ideas. I think you only get those ideas watching it. We're like, oh, you know, they learn to empathise because they got to live in each other's bodies. No, they don't. They shoot each other. And then they swap back. It's totally inconsistent with what it does. <laughs> nothing made any sense. Yeah, you can't really make an absolute psychopath character and then have empathy be a thing that he has to develop or no, it, do? because that is like one of the things psychopaths cannot do it seemed like that's what they were trying to do when he was you know helping the daughter to deal with stuff and fixing fixing this guy's marriage for him yeah because yeah. he had nothing better to do i guess i guess he just had just settled in we did uh um, <sighs> skip over that scene where the daughter has a very um aggressive boyfriend in the car and he just goes out there kicks through the window pulls the guy out and beats him up yeah and that actor went must have gone full method for this because it was danny masterson he's currently spending 30 years in prison for rape wow (laughs) jesus i didn't know that 
I partially missed that, so I look forward to going back. I was just thinking about what I was going to say, but it doesn't sound good. Um, in- incidentally, I'll throw I'll throw in there now. I mean, that has absolutely topped anything else that I can say. Um, but in that scene, there were quite a few, what I'm going to term, boomer takes in this, mainly around the daughter, because every scene that we see her in, she's completely changed her look. It's like, oh, they, they change their style every day. No, they don't. You don't pay attention to your kids. And secondly, uh, once he drags that guy out of the car, he does, as she calls him out for, uh, try and shame her for almost being raped. Yeah. <laughs> he does, he do, does that. do that. At least yeah. she calls him out. But. Yeah. but he does beat up the boyfriend, which I guess I enjoyed. But also, it's not his kid, so he doesn't give a fuck, so he can do what he wants. It's not yeah. actually a I mean, dad. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> he does also have plans to do the exact same thing to her at some point. Yeah, a couple of days ago, he dragged his dick along her as he grabbed her cigarette. So I doubt he's too worried about the mental scars he leaves on her. <laughs> and then he gives her a knife. <laughs> <laughs> what a Just good stab guy. him next time. Anyway, um, Evan, what did you think? But, but if I try anything, do not use this knife on me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, give me that back. <laughs> uh, I Look, I'll start with the positives. I'll give the film this. It's done something wildly different to... It's unfair to say about these movies because they, they they came after, but the ones uh, we watched previously for this season, the, the actors, when they swap bodies or when they get older, whatever new position they put in, they haven't gone to the lengths these actors have. So to put that into example, Jamie Lee Curtis plays a, t- a typical mum in Friggy Friday, so Lindsay Lohan doesn't really have to do much work when they sw- swap bodies. Uh, Tom Hanks... He does a pretty good approximation of a boy in Big and Jennifer Garner, a pretty spot on paedophile. But John Travolta <laughs> and Nicolas Cage, well, more so Nicolas Cage, they kind of up the stakes and make it so they, you know, we expect a lot of the other person when they go into the war. And was it perfect throughout the movie? No, but it was certainly more jo- enjoyable in that aspect. Where the movie fails is everywhere else. So much happened. There was so much action but I could not care less about the sequence of events that unfolded during this. It was far too long. You're spot on with that. But I really liked the mirror scene. And having (laughs) gone over that in my notes, I do forgive it a little bit for that at least. Glad to have finally done a Nicolas Cage, for sure. Can't wait to do more. I can't say this was a bad movie because Nick Cage was in it. And how conflicted I am on whether or not he actually can act, I do enjoy watching him act. So... If I had to give this a rating, straight down the middle in five, but I would not watch this again, mostly because of John Travolta. I, well, one thing I do want to say is people hold this movie in high esteem. Like the, Joe has mentioned this to me multiple times. I oh, think yeah. lots of other people brought this up. I was a little disappointed with my watch of it, but maybe that's because people set the expectations so high. Shorter next time, John Woo. <laughs> that wrap us up? I- that's all I got. Perfect. Well, I will say what we're doing yeah. next episode because we're very excited for it. We will be watching Groundhog Day, which is, is a film I've watched recently. So I'm looking forward to getting into it with you boys. But I will rewatch it again. Don't worry. Uh, until then, uh, please don't forget to leave us a five star review wherever you're listening. Follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at So You Think Pod. And um, hey, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Hallelujah.